Welcome to episode 60 of Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian. I am here with my dear brother, Ross Hodges, and we are here at 104 Broad Street in beautiful, sunny downtown Charleston, South Carolina. How are you doing today, Ross? Doing well. Good to be here. Wonderful. We um, want to talk this morning uh, a little bit about bad news, fake news, and the good news. It's a lot uh, of news. A lot of news. <laughs> A lot of bad news uh, recently. We were yes. uh, just talking uh, before the program, uh, Ross, about um, all of the just terrible things that it's, have been reported in the last last just even couple of weeks. Yeah, it seems like you can't turn on the TV or open your news app on your phone or see your push notifications without uh, being inundated by just really, really terrible things, whether it's fires in California or you know, uh, children being abused in California or, you know, mass shootings in Las Vegas or school shootings in Kentucky or, you know, sexual abuse cases and the Me Too, all the stuff that's coming out. And of course, Larry Nasser uh, with the Team USA Women's Gymnastics and uh, the sentencing recently for that. Um, and, and lots and lots of others that are coming out. Um, it can be kind of depressing. It's extremely depressing, and it's oppressive, and makes you almost not want to know what's going on in the world at all. Yeah, and I think it also cultivates uh, a lot of fear yes. in the hearts of people and in the hearts of Christians, too. Yeah, and so the question that we want to talk about this morning is, well, what do we do with that? Where are, you know, some Some may feel that Surely the world is getting worse by the day, that it's darker than it's ever been, that, you know, is, is God sort of not paying attention? I mean, what's going to happen? There can be those sorts of emotions that, that come up, um, and and how do we as Christians handle that? Yeah, I think before, you know, we, of course, will end the program talking about uh, the good news. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the bad news a little bit, uh, and let's, let's talk about... Um, the, the way that news is these days, which is more like uh, entertainment. Yeah, sensationalism and, a lot of times. And sensationalism. Yeah. It's, it's trying to arouse the emotions and to get you to watch and to feel like you need to watch. And and so much of news today, uh, it, which is different than, than news of previous generations, where the news being communicated to you what has already happened. Right. So much news today... The reason why anxiety levels and blood pressures go up when you're watching is because it's it's happening real time. Yeah, uh, 24 hours news cycle. It's it's giving you stories that have not been completed yet. They're always yeah. developing or in Stay process. Tuned. Stay tuned for what's going to happen here at this at this heist, you know, which is taking place right now. And they right. got helicopters taking camera shots of it, and people are dying, and and that 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 kind of a thing. It, it really increases anxiety in our culture. And a lot of people deal with, with fear and anxiety in the world today. And yeah. I think it's in large part because of the media and because so many people are addicted yes. to 24-hour news cycles, which are filled with really bad news. I remember um, thinking before when, you know, on Fox News, across the bottom bar on the screen, you have a alert. Alert, alert, and big red letters, big bold red letters. I mean, yeah. can you imagine? Some some people literally watch Fox News all day long. All day long, they are wow. seeing the alert, you know, retired people, people that are homesick or whatever. 
they are watching this all day long, and it just says alert the whole day. Uh, and then they go <laughs> get their ulcer checked, and <laughs> the gastroenterologists are loving this business. But that's basically what the yeah. news is doing, is they're saying alert, 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 alarm, alarm, yeah. alarm. It's, a, it's another four... Uh, alarm fire yeah. um, that, that you need to know about because somehow you're connected to this as a human being and it may be taking place in southern India uh, right. but, but you need to know about it and be concerned about it so so the bad news is, is, is really bad but uh, you know as we consider uh, the word of God and the context that the word of God was written in things were pretty bad Back then, too. Oh, sure, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I think we need to not, you know, take the line of thought that, oh, goodness, the world is getting more sinful and darker. There, yes, there may be some ways where, in, in a lot of contexts, where a place where, places, excuse me, where that used to be under the influence of the light of the gospel, that's becoming less and less so, and there are effects of that, certainly. And the reverse is so in some places in the world as well. Exactly. And you don't hear about that, by the way. Yeah. This is, you know, this is to... to to get off on a little bit of a trail, we have to realize that, um, I think as you have pointed out before, that the news is business. And it doesn't, it's not good for business to put forward things that aren't really captivating the attention of people. And today, with the pervasiveness of bad news and with the ability to uh, see things with your own eyes on video screens and so forth about what's happening, it needs to get more and more sensational, and essentially worse and worse to capture people's yes. attention. And sensual. And sensual. So much of the news is over-sexualized. The, yes. the, the biggest stories really have something to do with, with sexuality. Yes. Uh, yeah. Whether it's the, the sexual revolution or uh, sexual abuse um, yeah. uh, or affairs. This is the kind of stuff that gets people's, people's attention. Yeah. And I think... Sad. I think what we have to realize is that while everything we're saying here doesn't diminish uh, the need for compassion on those who are hurting, there are people who are suffering, and we're seeing that in the news all the time, and that should break our hearts in, in one sense. Yes. But in another sense, the world has always been sinful. It's always been a place where people have suffered, and while we never want to be callous to that, we have to let God be God, and we have to not think that just because we're connected to it by the media that we have to play some part in that. So... Yes, we can pray for those who are hurting and this, that, and the other. But what the news is doing, and in a lot of ways, is giving us an artificial connection to the rest of the world that is not in our sphere of influence, our sphere of activity, our sphere of ability to do anything about it. You can read about people who are suffering you know, in Syria, and your heart can and should break for them as a fellow human being. And maybe in your particular situation, God has called you to do something about that. But most people in our context don't have the ability to do anything other than offer prayer. And so we can become anxious with the amount of bad news. One, because we're afraid of what might happen to us in our contexts from those things. But two, because there seems to be some sort of moral imperative to do something about this. And that is absolutely and utterly overwhelming. And what we need to remember is that God is God and he's on his throne and we can trust him with the suffering of those people. Yes, and this, of course, brings up uh, the important principle of, um, of moral proximity. Yes. And, and that is that it's, it's one thing if your neighbor is suffering greatly and needs your help. Yes. It's another thing if someone in southern Sudan is yes. suffering and needs your, needs your help. Um, you, you can't really do much about the, the second one at all. 
Right. But the the other one, you you not only you can, but you must. You must. Yeah. You must you serve in sure. that. So, uh, you know, it used to be that uh, prior to you know telecommunications, uh, internet, all of that, uh, that people only knew the news of their own small rural farm town. Yeah. There were very few big cities in the world, and those big cities weren't that big compared to cities today. Yeah. And a lot of the times, the news that any communities would receive would would be old news, and it would be complete news. Yes. Not ongoing. So you'd get a newspaper from a week ago or two weeks ago, and you'd hear about things that happened in another place. Yeah. And uh, generally speaking, that news would be fairly credible. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, we, we not only have the issue of, of, of the flood, uh, the massive flood of news through cable television and the internet and social media, but now we have this thing called fake news, <laughs> which uh, probably has been around longer than we would like, <laughs> yeah. but it has, it has been something a lot of people have been talking about over the last uh, two or three years, particularly after the last election cycle, sure. yeah. where there were lots of fake news stories coming out on the internet to sway voters one mm-hmm. way or the other, whether it's fake news about Hillary Clinton or fake news about Donald Trump. It was, it was, uh, they were lies. And so not only do we have a lot of bad news, we're not even sure which news to believe. Right. So we, we do have to be, try to be discerning and try to curb our appetite for that, uh, which may not even be true. And just because it's sensational or has, you know, nice, pictures associated with it that look real and um, there's a lot of that coming out so I, I think as Christians we have to we need to be thinking Christianly about uh, about the news and about our consumption of it and about the way that it makes us think and feel and those things and um, you know going back to uh, something we were starting earlier where it feels like the world is getting darker and getting worse we have to realize that it's been really bad ever since sin entered the picture you know, the very first set of children that were born, one, one brother murdered another one. And that yes, that's sensational, and that would make the news today. Um, and all through, all through the history of mankind, there has been, there's been deep darkness, uh, and, and so much so even in Noah's day that, uh, that God was able to declare that, you know, essentially the thoughts of their hearts are only intended on evil all the time. And so we can't, we can't let the the badness of the news and the badness of the world set us back on our heels and be thinking, well, God must be losing control or the church must be losing ground, um, and 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 God isn't doing anything about it, and and it's just a lost cause and it's hopeless. Well, no, all along God has had an answer, and quite often what we as sinful humans want to do is we want to take the problems and the evil and the darkness of the world and we want to say, well, God is it's God's fault. Like why is God, if God was really good and He was all powerful, why would He let this happen? That's a that's a, that philosophical discussion is something for another time. But what we need to realize is it's not God's fault. And while we can't answer all the why questions, what we can answer is that well, He has done something about it, and He is doing something about it. And the darkness that in and through His Son, in and through exactly, and that brings us to the gospel. The bad news in the world all around us brings us to the need of the gospel because education isn't going to fix it. More money thrown at it isn't going to fix it. Policing programs and policing the police isn't going to fix it. And all of the, the, the answer is in the word of God. And it's that um, he gave his only son, that those who believe in him might not perish, but have everlasting life. Their life in this world might be one of suffering and one of hardship, 
but he brings them out of that and he brings them to an inheritance and that that's where our focus should be and by the way if we're internalizing a whole lot of stuff during the week it better be mostly that and not alert 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 or we're going to lose focus that god is actually on his throne gospel is good news it's it's an announcement of the grace of god through the life death and resurrection of jesus christ it's it's good news meant to be shared meant to be proclaimed i'll tell you i I have to admit, as a, as a Clemson Tiger, <laughs> I was not pleased when we lost to Alabama in the uh, semifinal of the Sugar Bowl, and Hans and I were bombed, and we had a really bad attitude towards Alabama fans. <laughs> and uh, I watched the national championship game rooting for the Georgia Bulldogs. Man, I was the biggest <laughs> Georgia Bulldog fan. Maybe maybe Russell and Hampton were bigger Georgia fans. Yeah, probably, uh, most definitely. But I was rooting for Georgia. And after Alabama won, I have to say I was disappointed, very disappointed. And uh, I know talking to you as an Auburn fan, Ross, that you're tracking with me here. <laughs> but I have to say that after uh, Tua, the um, quarterback that came in and saved the day for Alabama, was interviewed, as the reporters were asking him questions about one of the greatest throws in NCAA history in the national championship game, final play of the game, he said, before I say anything about that, I just want to give glory and praise and honor and thanksgiving to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without him, I wouldn't even be here today, and none mm. of this would have happened. It was marvelous. Mm. When he got up on the platform where they were giving the trophy away, and they interviewed him again in front of the whole stadium, once again, he gave testimony to Christ and to the gospel. Mm. He shared the good news, and it, it's more important to him than football. It was clear, and he heralded it unashamedly. And that is the good news that answers the bad news. Yes. Uh, that the problems that we see in the world have a solution, and that solution is Jesus Christ. Mm. He is our life and salvation. He changes hearts. He, he replaces the heart of stone and rebellion and sinfulness with a heart of flesh and love and worship towards God. He does this. Amen. He's done it in our lives. He's Amen. doing it in so many lives in our congregation, and he's doing it all over the world. That is Christ's answer to sin. Uh, that is God's answer to sin, his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. who, who purchased redemption from the condemnation of sin with his very own blood. That's what he did. That's, that's the good news. And it's not fake news. No. This is not a myth. This is not a fairy tale. This isn't a... A 19th century liberal uh, uh, response to all of the critics saying, well, you know, it really doesn't matter if Jesus even lived at all because he lives in my heart and he's changing my life. Mm. That is a bunch of liberal garbage and nonsense. Man. The gospel is the good news that God sent his son, really, and he was born of a virgin, really, and he lived as a carpenter's son, and he grew, and he, and he obeyed uh, the word of God perfectly, the law of God for us, and he died on a real wooden cross and really purchased our redemption from our sins and from hell and from Satan's bondage, and he bodily, historically, rose from the dead on the third day. And it's true. It's true. It, this is not, you know... 
this is my spiritual journey and I know it's not for everybody. No, it's true for everybody. Now, whether or not they embrace it and receive it is another thing. So it doesn't play on CNN or Fox. Correct. And it's not going to because it doesn't make you know the readership headlines grow. Just like all the other good things that are happening in the world aren't bringing attention to the news media. So, I, I mean, don't bring you know a, a broadening of their base. And so they don't talk about it, which is a point you made before. So this doesn't get heralded from the rest of you know the, the secular world because it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't lead in the it, it doesn't help bring more people to their headlines and yet it's there amidst all the other stuff. And in fact, sometimes it gets edited out. Yes, I uh, looked on ESPN and saw that Tua's opening remarks were removed from his interview, <laughs> which you would fully expect, right? Um, we have. A lot of bad news in the world, which is the evidence that the Bible is true in that mankind are sinners. Yes. And that we live in a cesspool of wickedness in this world. And it has been this way since the fall of mankind. Mm. Uh, Those who want to plead for the goodness of humanity. Don't know history. They don't know history and they ain't watching the news. They don't know their own hearts either. They don't know their own hearts. We need Christ. We need his forgiveness. We need God's mercy in him. And we are saved from our sins by grace through faith in him. A lot of bad news, a lot of fake news, a lot of folks saying things that just aren't true. Um, But we thank God uh, for the good news in Jesus Christ. Uh, A a wonderful, uh, loving Savior who gave his life for us and who still intercedes for us on the right hand of God and is coming back one day. That's good news that he's coming back. It's very good news. Good news for those who are united to him by grace through faith and who welcome the new heavens and the new earth. That is good news. That 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 cultivates hope in the place of so much of the fear that is being uh, fostered through the news media. Well, we're so thankful that you joined us for this episode of Between the Times and we I do hope that you uh, know Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, that you will not be overwhelmed by the bad news, that you will not be tricked by the fake news, but that you will glory and revel in the good news that Christ died for sinners. (laughs) 